don't have to be licensed. I have to be licensed and the mortgage brokers have to be licensed. We all actually have license like the realtors do. We're regulated by the IDFPR. People can file complaints against their license, all that, because there's a difference between the license number and the NMLS number. So yeah, I don't really understand what MLS uh, the National Mortgage Licensing System. I can't even remember. Um, basically, anyone who's in the industry, bank tellers, the more all the mortgage companies, if you ever look at any advertisements, you'll see NMLS number. Um, when you see advertisements on TV and little writing, it'll be NMLS. I can't remember. National Mortgage Nationwide. Nationwide. <laughs> Thanks, Norm. State licensing system. Your assistant. Thank what you. is it? Yes, nationwide multi-state multi licensing, licensing system, system and, registry. and registry. Okay, I knew it was a registry. Thank you. Um, so that's just registering all the people. Now that does get recorded on everyone's mortgages. They do keep track of all that stuff with with loan officers. However, a bank loan officer doesn't go through the same um, uh, piece that we do on our side. So a mortgage broker and a mortgage banker, we actually have to get our credit pulled. We actually have to um, fill out a questionnaire. There can't, you can't, you basically have to show that you have a, that you're financially fit to be able to work with clients. Um, you can't have any, uh, any felonies. We get our fingerprints taken. Like, you know, there's all kinds of things, you, you know, your, your financial background has to be clean. Um, so we actually have to get licensed. We have to do eight hours of education every year to get recertified. We have to recertify that nothing's changed from year to year. Um, so, so that's a big thing. The bank loan officers are under the blanket policy of the bank and they don't have to go through those same, you know, um, same rules, same. They way. don't have, right. So they, they're, I mean, I could say that if you do work for a bank, I'm sure they probably pulled your credit. I don't know if they pull your credit, but I know when I worked at one of the banks back in the day, they did do our fingerprints, but they didn't pull our credit. Okay. So I don't, and, and that, I mean, obviously that was a long time ago. It could have changed. I don't know, but, but there's a fiduciary. So with a license, so I have an 03, I call it an 031 number. The IDFPR license I have, I have a fiduciary duty. So that's why when I'm talking to people, I take that obviously very seriously as well, because that's part of, who, you know, who I am anyway, but that's my job, fiduciary duty to do, to do right by people and do it the right way. Not to say that those people aren't doing it right. It's just, we're held to a different standard, if you will. You know, um, the loan officers that work at the bank, uh, they're nine to five typically with, you know, lunch breaks and, you know, they get paid no matter what. Whereas a loan officer like myself, we're a hundred percent commission. We only get paid if the loans close, you know, so there's, there's a lot of those kind of differences. Um, as far as, you know, um, I guess I look at it from the perspective of if someone's getting paid no matter what, and someone only gets paid if, if they close, who's going to maybe work a little bit harder to make your stuff go <laughs> kind of sometimes, you know? Um, yeah. but so, so because we were talking about that the other day and, you know, because there are some people in our industry that are part-time real estate agents and then they have a full-time job. And I wrote a blog post, is your um, paycheck hindering you from working full-time? And, mm -hmm. and the truth is, is when you have a full-time job, it's easy to remain in that job mm -hmm. if you um if someone's giving you a paycheck every friday of course exactly right so i mean obviously so well, let's face it commission 
a commission life, as you know, as well as I do, is not for everyone. <laughs> you can't have, like, I mean, you really have to, um, you have to be able to stomach it. It's not always to, so I think a lot of people don't understand when they work that they see us work really hard and then they move on to the next person for 50 bucks or because this realtor promised something different or whatever. They don't realize that all that time we spent with them was our time and we, we don't get compensated for it. So I think if people understood that a little more, if they were at work all week long and then their boss decided not to pay oh, them. I think I'm just going to give you half. Or I'm, yeah, not gonna, or, or I'm not going to give you anything. You know what? I'm not going to give you any of it because that guy did more work than you did or whatever it is. Um, you know, I think sometimes pe I don't think people put themselves in that mindset. They don't really understand it. So, think, um, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Well, so you kind of went over the differences between the bankers and the banks and the, in the mortgage brokers. Um, talk to us about interest rates and, and let me, first let me, yeah. let me, let me step back. Have, um, now that we are all in the stay at home order, uh, order, a lot of people have, we'll say temporarily lost jobs because their businesses weren't deemed essential. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, this credit scores may have changed a little bit. Is that true across the board? So there's so much going on right now and it keeps changing on a daily basis. Um, so the people that lost their jobs have probably applied for forbearances. I'm sure that everyone's heard about the forbearance. Basically, you, you don't have to make mortgage payments for at least 90 days, potentially longer. Um, and if you're in a forbearance, you can't refinance. So just for anyone who's paying attention to this right now, there's, I just talked to someone yesterday who asked me to refinance, but he's already in forbearance. You can't do both. It's one or the other. Um, yeah, just so you know. So, and we know when a loan is in forbearance, we have checks on them being in forbearance. Technically forbearance is you didn't make your payments. You're kind of behind, even though they're not reporting it behind. The other thing though, is I will tell you, um, make sure that you're reading what people are sending you, your lender. If it's too easy, I'll be honest, my personal opinion makes me a little nervous because I've talked to many people that have logged into their accounts and then got an email that said they're in forbearance and they didn't ask for it. They were just like in, you know, inquiring about it. And all of a sudden they got an email that said they were in forbearance. So they're not, some of these um, servicers aren't even requiring people to show that they were hit by COVID because the whole purpose of the CARES Act were people that were affected by COVID. And I know that sounds silly because we're all affected by it technically, but it's financially. So if you lost your job or, you know, a reduction in pay or whatever, the people that truly can't make their payments are the ones who that was made for. Um, my fear is that in the next 90, 120, 180 days, we're going to see a lot of modification, potential modifications. Um, and then people that took the difference with forbearance. And I guess, I guess the rules can be written differently for every um, mortgage company. But when I read forbearance, I read, I don't pay my mortgage for 90 days. And then on that next month, I have to come do with all of it. And that could be true or not true for everyone. Yes. It, it's supposed to be that way. Yes. Reinstate. But they also know that a lot of people won't be able to do that. So that's when the modification part comes in. How are they going to do it? Repayment plans, deferral plans, like, but not everyone's going to get the same thing because it depends on who owns. So the other thing is you're, so if you're making mortgage payments to caliber, let's say caliber doesn't own your loan. 
Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or Ginny Mae owns your loan. We just service the loan. So if you're making payments to Bank of America, Bank of America isn't necessarily the one who owns your loan. It could, it's most likely Fannie, Freddie, or Ginny. So that's the other thing I wanted to point out. Thank you for that. Some people may not know this. Every person that's not making their mortgage payments, let's say all the people that, that make mortgage payments to Caliber, because we service 95% of our loans. People that aren't making their payments, we are still required to make payments to Fannie, Freddie, and Ginny. So all the people that are skipping their mortgage payments right now, although they're, you're, they're, there's no payments on the buyer's side, Caliber is still paying Fannie, Freddie, and Ginny on all those people that are in forbearance. And that's not just Caliber. That's everyone who's a servicer, no matter who your bank is, no matter who we are paying. If your loan is backed by Fannie, Freddie, or Ginny, we're paying, we're basically floating all these people's mortgage payments. Ooh. I know, right? A lot of people don't know that. And then right now, tax bills are going to be coming due in June and September. There's going to be escrow shortages in people's accounts because your, your lender, your servicer is still going to pay your taxes because we have to. But and then come- I don't know what that means. That we, if, you're, if your taxes were escrowed, the yes. bank escrowed them because they want to guarantee that someone doesn't come in and buy your taxes. So Correct. they're paying your taxes. So the person that's smart enough to keep going to the records department to buy taxes doesn't <laughs> yes. own your house. Yes. Right. So we're, of course. Right. Well, there were the only one. So the, the technically like the taxes are the only thing that could supersede a mortgage. So yes, we're all as a lender, we're always going to want to be sure that the taxes are paid so that they're not sold at auction like that. Um, but the, those tax bills and insurance and PMI, all that stuff is still being paid on behalf of your lender, whoever your lender is, whoever your servicer is, those are all being paid on your behalf. So every single month, lender servicers are losing like millions and millions of dollars still being paid out while people aren't making mortgage payments. And that's also a, a large part of why when the rates you know, the, the banks borrowing between each other, zero, you know, 0% 0 between each other. We didn't see as big of a drop as you would like to have seen. Initially, it was because there was too much business and no one can handle the capacity. But then when COVID really came through, and now all this with the forbearance, now that, you know, it has to be made up somewhere because everybody's losing money. Like, that's all, think about there was, I can't remember what the number was, over 2 million or 3 million people in forbearance in the country. Take like one of the largest banks in the country and think about how many millions of dollars monthly are being spent on behalf of people that aren't paying their bills. That's dangerous. If you think about it from a financial standpoint, um, that's dangerous to have so many companies losing so much money. And I, I don't think people knew that. I think they thought that as a lender that we're not, that we don't, that they're not making a payment to us. And we just, you know, I always hear the greedy, this, the greedy, that, but in reality, we're making those payments, even though you're not. That's, wow. I mean, that's okay. So let me just go back to that, yeah. the, the, the credit score thing. Yeah. I, I, and, and I get it. If you have to think about how you say it. So credit score, I, I you know, I understand. So <laughs> is anybody lending at 580? Yes. Okay. On the broker channel. On the broker channel, there's still a couple of mortgage broker wholesale lenders, we'll call them wholesale lenders, that are still allowing mortgage brokers to do, fi do 580. Uh, below, actually, some of them will still go below 580. So, but there are many banks and many brokers and 
mortgage bankers. <laughs> the brokers still have the ability, the ones that are signed up with certain wholesale lenders still have the ability to lend on lower credit scores. Most of the mortgage bankers like Caliber and some of the other you know, players in the industry are uh, typically 620, 660, 680, 640. I mean, again, everyone's taking their own risk. It's also another changing thing. Like today could be 620, tomorrow might be 680. Next week, it might go back down to 640. So it's all based on, the, on again, how much loss is going out on the other side. You know what so, I mean? Right. And so if we were to talk about closing. Yeah. So are, are the underwriters, and I'll say underwriters, pulling credit or looking at your history days before closing or at closing? My understanding is no. We, we've always done a report to make sure people didn't take new credit. So there's always like this little report just to make sure there wasn't any new car payments or anything like that. Um, as far Not as the somebody mortgage, would go buy a car. I, well, it happens. <laughs> we have those rules in place because it happened. Um, but I believe there's a report that's being pulled. Um, I don't know the acronym for it that wants to know if someone current, like if you're refinancing someone, they want to know that it's not in forbearance because that's how they're coding with the bureaus now. So I think there's a report that gets pulled just to make sure that that's not, we're also, um, getting credit report supplements to verify that, that the, that the month of, um, closing, that's how, like, Anyone who's closing in April right now, we want to make sure that they made their April payment because now we're past the deadline of April, basically. So we're going to have our credit agency verify the April payments were made. Um, so on a previous mortgage, what if they don't own a house? Yeah, then that then there would we wouldn't be looking at that. So in all honesty, the biggest thing right now is employment and income. So we're so I could say at Caliber, what we're doing is it we're doing three business days before the signing date is when we have to verify. Our processing team is, is getting verification from either HR or payroll from the person's company. It has to come from HR or payroll and it has to be an email verifying that the person is still employed and they're still working the same number of hours that they haven't been affected. We're also getting pay stubs throughout the whole process just to make sure, obviously the sooner we catch it, the better. I'm asking people when I'm taking applications, even on pre-approvals, people I haven't talked to in the last two months when they call me now, I'm like, did you, you know, did anything change? Like I'm always following up with people asking if things have changed. I think that's the biggest piece right now is making sure people are still employed. Another issue is a lot of people are closing and right after closing, they're putting their loans into forbearance. Oh, and well, then there's, then we get into early payment uh, default basically. And that's like the big thing. If you watch, watch the Fannie Freddie debates and all the other stuff that's happening, a lender isn't able to sell to Fannie and Freddie if the loan was already in default before they even get it off their books. And that's become a big hot topic right now also. Um, so there's going to, it's, it, it's, there's going to be people that are potentially going to go out of business potentially there. I mean, there's like a lot of things involved. So I, I really um, hope that people are really, you know, um, educating themselves on what they're doing, why they're doing it, and knowing that the, these things on a fuller scale are going to affect all, it does affect all of us as consumers as well as professionals. So I have a question here from Brenda. How long does the forbearance affect someone's history to completing a refinance? So from what we were told yesterday, we did a call. If, as long as the person was not default, wasn't in default, 
at the time they went into the forbearance, that's another thing. If you were, if you had a clean history, went into your forbearance, you're never going to be reported late during the forbearance time. So as of right now, we're being told that it will not affect, you just can't be in the forbearance when you're trying to refi. Okay. So at the end, so if you come out of the forbearance and you've never actually missed a payment, you're not behind, you shouldn't have a problem. But I'm going to say again, that's today. <laughs> that keeps, things keep changing. So please, this is not gospel. This is not the way it is. This is the way it is today. That, that the guidelines are changing so quickly. It's, it's so hard to keep up. So. So everything that you heard today could be affected tomorrow and the rules, <laughs> the rules are changing every day, even in real estate. I know. Right now we can't show houses with a, if someone is an, a living in the rental, we can't mm -hmm. show those rentals. It has to be vacant. Right. Um, I change in a week. Right. Um, so the rules in the real estate for selling houses. And right now you can't show a house with more than four people. So if I am, if I have a buyer, I'm included in that. In the, so husband, wife, two kids, somebody can't go. Oh, wow. I didn't see. I didn't know that. Okay. Because so, um, there are only four of us. But the truth is, is I actually recommend that it's the, if, if it's husband, wife, partner, um, uh, investors, no, I, I just say no more than two anyway. What's, mm -hmm. why even take the risk? Right. Keep everybody else at home. Uh, right. So the, the rules are changing Yes. Every single day. So before we end, because our goal was 30 minutes. Yes. Because it's like. Um, Hopefully this was helpful. I hope it was helpful. Um, so we talked about um, credit scores a little bit. We talked about the differences with the different types of banks. And we talked about forbearance a, a little bit. Um, what? So are you seeing a change in the number of mortgages being written now, or do you expect to see do you, do you expect to see a change? I think that this is going to affect us after June. So we've still knock on wood. It's still been very busy, but per, I've still been getting a lot of contracts still at this point. So it's, it's still been very steady. We've still been very busy. I think that we're, as we're starting to, everyone's starting to clear out their pipelines of refis and stuff. And because of all the forbearance people, I think that's going to put a little bit of a hold on the refi. Um, and I think that it's going to be okay, but I don't think it's going to be as much as we would normally see in a spring market. And then I agree with you. I think that, um, I think again, based on how many people come out of this and are able to reinstate uh, because a lot of people who can't reinstate and who can't do repayment plans, like there's going to be all these levels. And if they can't get through all those levels, the next option is going to be deed in lieu or short sale. Like, I think we're going to start seeing some of that again, too. Right. Because there are three choices. Short sale, deed in lieu, or walk away. Don't yeah. ever just walk away. No. Um, mm -mm. I do. I, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious because there are some um, companies that won't do the forbearance. And then there are some people, because right now I think that our industry, there, I mean, there's a new normal. And mm -hmm. if you work for a company that had a big, let's say, call center, and now they realize that everybody could work from home. Mm -hmm. And now they're realizing that they can get um, their customer service reps to work from 9 a.m. to noon, and then from 3 to 6, and then from midnight to three and they can get more out of you not that anybody would do that i'm just making right. it up but i think that they're going to realize that they can adjust and people will work harder now to keep their job and so i, I just think that there's going to be a new normal and i think new businesses will be opened but mm -hmm. i do think that some people won't go back to regular work 
Yeah, I don't, I think there's gonna be some that won't be able to, because I think, I hate to say it, but I think there's the, there's a definitely a liquidity problem with a lot of lenders right now because of the number of loans that they have to keep that they can't sell to Fannie, Freddie, and Ginny. Their warehouse lines are getting, they're looking for more money from, you know, they're looking for stimulus from the government as well to help with that kind of stuff. So I, sadly, I think we're going to see a lot of people, unless you're working for a bigger player that has, you know, more channels and more money. I think they're, sadly, I think we're going to see either maybe consolidating uh, of some companies or some companies are just going to go away altogether. It's kind of sad. And a lot of it is a lot of people are taking advantage of not making payments, even though they can make them. But I, I worry for people that they don't realize that in the future with the escrow shortages and all the other stuff that you're potentially going to have a higher payment later on down the road. And I don't think it's worth it to do and some lenders, again, you have to be careful because the gentleman I talked to yesterday, his lender reported him late for March. So his credit score went down 120 points, even though he wasn't supposed to be reported late. So that's why you got to read. You can't just assume that you don't make them. You're not automatically in forbearance. I think that's another misconception is everybody thinks you're automatically like the student loans are automatically. You have to be sure that you know it's your credit. You have to be responsible for it. So you need to, so the, the, the key takeaways are get on get this is what I would do. I would get my notebook if I'm in trouble or if I'm in a situation where I can't pay, or if I'm in or even with my mortgage, if I'm buying a house, and I would get a notebook, regular Dollar Tree still open, and I would write down if I had to talk to the bank, the date, um, the name of the person I talked to, and what we talked about, and maybe even the time. And then number one, it gets it out of your head. And I tell this to anybody that's in foreclosure, because if you don't, you can't move forward. And a lot of times you just need to get it out of your head and down on paper so you can yep. always go back to it. And that'll actually help you if you ever have to go to court. So. Agreed. So right they, they could go back and listen to the tapes because all of those conversations are recorded. So you could say at 110, I was talking to Carrie, go, re go listen to the tapes because then that shows that you're someone who's, you know. They can't, can't put one over on you. <laughs> it says, this call will be recorded for quality. Correct. <laughs> so when you know the time and the person you talk to, they can go, managers can go pull that time and they know exactly what the conversation was and who you were talking to. So that's Mark a very good, good. He's on T-Mobile. Pardon me? Mark uses that with ourselves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I, I think, I, again, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I think a lot of people need to understand that, again, know what you're know what you're getting into understand it read it when you put your name on when you sign your name you said you understood it there's no going back later saying i didn't understand i didn't know what i was signing you signed your name you're responsible there's no blaming other people because you knew what you were doing <laughs> so, or you wanted it you know you so you know the old saying if it's too good to be true sometimes it is so you got to be careful make sure that that's you know um, there are people that really need it that are really struggling. And, um, and then the new home buyers are a lot of the, these people that are first time home buyers, you know, the, the news of the 20% down, what if that's the trend? What if that's the first place that does it? What if other people are all because people are choosing not to make mortgage payments? So those things are, are affecting other, you know what I mean? So new home buyers are potentially being affected by people not making their mortgage payments. So I think the reaction. Got right, it. exactly. And I think if more people knew that the lenders are still responsible for making payments, I don't think it'll change 
I think people are going to do what they're going to do. However, I think maybe it changes their mindset, realizing that lenders and banks really are losing a lot of money every month to make those payments on their behalf. That maybe that makes some people think twice. All right, everybody. So I'm Carrie Little, the designated managing broker of Caremark Realty Group. And this is my friend Tina Abadakola with Caliber Home Loans. So can people just DM you? Um, Absolutely. Find you. Um, and then in the feed, uh, hey, Norm, can you put Tina's info? I think you're watching. watching? <laughs> so, all right, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Now, we're still here. They can't oh. see us. Okay. Sorry. You're good. No, I just... Um,